Welcome back to the Water and Stone podcast. This is episode number 56, and I am Jenny Randolph. I'm Dieter Randolph, and this is the sound of my voice. Uh, As we gather around today, I think it's fair to say that at least half the people in this room have Olympic fever. I love the Olympics. I really do. It's pretty awesome. Are you a winter or a summer? I'm both, but um, I really love winter. I love more winter sports than I do summer sports. Mm -hmm. So winter sports for me, of course, you have the ice skating. Duh. Everybody, Everybody watches ice skating. And then you also have the snowboarding, which is really, really amazing, and kind of rooting for Sean White this year. Yeah, it's really awesome. And I don't know anything about sports at all. I'm just I'm a million miles away from that, and it's not a judgment on other people. It's just not my thing. But even I am aware of Sean White's comeback and all of that, and it's a good story. And he seems like a really nice guy. Yeah, and you have you know the Lindsey Vaughn. That's you know the downhill women skiing, which I love to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, I I like I really do like all of it, but I think. The sport that I love to watch the most. And we're recording this podcast as the Olympics haven't officially started yet. The opening ceremonies actually happen, I think, uh, tomorrow night. Um, But because of the time change and because of schedules and stuff like that, they are already starting some of the games and some of the competition that's going on even before the opening ceremony. And um, sometimes they do it, especially when it's on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes that's that's just what they do. But um, I have to say number one sport for me during the Winter Olympics is no is curling. I I am I know Florida girl talking about curling. Well, it's ice shuffleboard, so there is, is there is there is it's there a, there's is, a Florida there's a element of, in I, there. I I hear that, but no, I have been watching curling with, and I even would watch it with the kids when they were little, and I was explaining to him all the things about it's a, it, and a couple of Canadian people and some brooms and a tea kettle that they they hey, I have no idea. No, you don't. It's okay, and I, we're not gonna we're not gonna go into the ins and outs of curling right now. Just know that it's a really interesting sport. I really mostly love... because of the shouting. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. That's I think that that's I, I the the it's not lost on me that I kind of watch it ironically. I do watch it for the sport, but it's I really yeah I really do enjoy watching the the teams scream at each other. Well, I think it's in pretty, different languages. I have it's to really say amazing. that it's it's normally when you think of the Olympics, all kinds of things run through your head. I would imagine, but. One of the things I think of is composure. It's a it's a stately event. It's very serious. It's somber, even though it's a game. People are playing a game, but they take it very seriously. And it's there's a decorum. But in curling, you throw the tea kettle across the ice, and your partner mops vigorously, and you shout at just at the top of your lungs. And I think that it's it's the kind of sport that could be done with half the people inebriated and no one would know the difference. And I think actually there's a few winter events. I think like uh, like skeleton, which is like bobsled but backwards kind of thing. You could be competing that against your will and no one would know. They that could is so you dangerous. To that thing. Well, it yeah. reminds me of the scene from Running Man. Oh, you gosh. know, where you get like Schwarzenegger, big right? skeleton fan. Right. He he was huge. Yeah, no, I I uh, I do like, but I do like the Olympics. I do like the entire idea of it. I think mm-hmm. it's really a really neat opportunity to to root for your country and for other countries for that matter, and just root for the individual athletes. For one thing, for me, I really do enjoy. Um, the idea that these are this is these people's life it's their art they chose to go and and be athletes instead of heading to school or or doing all that kind of stuff you know so um anytime you can support an alternative path in Mm -hmm. in somebody's life and and somebody's dream and clearly these athletes that's that's their dream. Well, it's rare that you get to actually see someone acting out their dream in this culture. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You see somebody on their way to work, it's probably not their dream. You know? Exactly. And so you get to see this is the fruit of a whole lifetime of working on this and thinking it through and, and training like crazy and everything. I get that. Even though I'm not a sports guy, I, I get that. Well, and, you know, as a parent of two really high drive kids, um, 
I know probably me more than you because I think I'm a little bit more outspoken. But I think that I have been accused of pushing my kids to do things. And honestly, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that it always came from the kids. It all that desire always came from their heart of them wanting to do even if it was a sports, if it was a if it was a life event, if it mm-hmm. was something that their hearts were. And so the other side of like the parents of the athletes that you see there and they're supporting them. And I think sometimes they get a bad rap. You know, the movie I Tanya, you know, it her mom gets her mom gets a bad rap. Yeah. Really, really Well, I mean, you, you know, know and I know that there's probably soccer parents and little league parents and stuff like that who are insane. Oh yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying that everybody is like that, but I I for I have seen and experienced firsthand a child that is on fire about something and you had basically one choice and that was to support them and to to get them there. Otherwise you know, you you would have been crushing their dream. And well, so Well and there's there's a balance too because when a little one says, This is my dream, this is how I see myself, this is my gift to the world, I've got this within me that has to be expressed and they have an aptitude for it and all of that they may not also know that to follow that means that you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to get to the ice rink or whatever it is. And so there is a, a part of the parental responsibility that involves a little bit of a push. But that's different than the kid not having the dream and the parent projecting something onto the child. I think or living a, vicariously through your child for some un you exactly know, so unexperienced reality that you you know that you want to live you know. And right. I get that, but I have to say that I. I think most of the time when you have a really driven child, um, there's no question that you just have to be there to support them mm-hmm. and and you 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 get a choice but you don't get a right. choice. And so I really I watch the parents when I watch the Olympics because it's it's a neat This it's is a, a dream thing. for them too. Absolutely. Yeah. I get Absolutely. that. I get that for sure. So it's kinda it's kinda the whole, you know, and they all those commercials they, you know, pull at your heartstrings and, you know, that cheap emotional manipulation that absolutely works on me every single time. But that's okay. I'm, 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 uh, I'm willing to admit my faults. <laughs> Speaking of cheap emotional manipulation, though, you haven't Is been Oprah watching it. Is coming on this podcast? What? What? <laughs> Stop. Be nice. Be nice. No, I have been watching uh, Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it just, I don't know if it was popular before. It's new to me. I know that it was a couple of years ago, but I think with this new season, uh, this last season four is when I really discovered it. Yeah, I think that the past seasons of it, it was kind of an underground thing. The cool kids knew about it, but it didn't get any press or anything. And I think it has entered the the, the mainstream, mainstream zeitgeist. Yeah, which is why I know about it, because apparently I am not... One of the cool kids, you and I'm okay topic. with that. Yeah, it's I, all right. I'm all right with that um, because things come to me when they're supposed to come to me, mm. and I'm perfectly okay with that. But you don't like the Black Mirror so much. I'm not into Black Mirror, and here's why. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a great Wikipedia page about it. You know, go there, check it out. But Black Mirror, here, stop me if if I'm saying something wrong. But my take on it is that Black Mirror. Is uh, it's an anthology show like Twilight Zone or Outer Limits or one of those where different True. stories every time, but the general theme is about technology and our use and abuse of it and vice versa. It feels to me like a modernized sort of a Twilight Zone thing, and one of the things that I really liked about the Twilight Zone, you know, Rod Serling's Twilight Zone was that. He wanted to write about controversial issues like politics and war and racism and and the gender divide and things like that. But it wasn't permissible to write about that kind of stuff on TV. And so Rod Serling, brilliant man, amazing writer, creative genius, started writing these quote-unquote fantasy stories. But if you look closely enough, you can see that it's really a social commentary. And so in a way, I feel like Black Mirror is doing something very similar where the stories are in the very near future or even right now or let's say 10 minutes from now if we're not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. And and I think that there's an element of, wow, you know, 
think about how much right now the average person is on their phone. Actually, I talked about this on Sunday. Um, Last week, we were on a date, you and I, and we were sitting in a restaurant just having a great time, and we had made a deal that we weren't going to talk about any kind of business stuff or even church stuff as much as we love it or even family stuff. We were just going to be together, and phones stayed put away, that kind of thing. And it's awesome. I love that. I'm sitting there with my best friend. But I was aware of a table in the restaurant which had four younger people. And this is not an age thing. They just happened to be younger people. Clearly a double date. And I think one of the couples, they didn't know each other very well. But within, I don't know, five minutes of ordering their food, all four of them heads down on their phones for probably the rest of the evening. And so, you know, I don't know what makes people tick really, but it seemed unfortunate. And so... I think there's a piece of that, and it's something that we talk about all the time. There's a piece of how much of our souls are we giving away to technology, to convenience, to that. And I think that it's a question that people wrestled with during the Industrial Revolution too. But here's the thing. I'm talking for a long time. Here's the thing. I was going to say, you have a lot to say about a show that you have not really watched. (laughs) I've I've seen enough of it. But the thing is, what I don't like about it is the same thing that I also didn't like about the old Twilight Zone show is that a lot of the time it seems to me the ending is a little bit bleak where it's like, well, everybody's sometimes, in trouble. Well, sometimes, sometimes, but not always. The person is doomed. Burgess Meredith breaks his glasses in the library in the modern day equivalent where the person is trapped in some kind of dystopian, you know, awful situation no, there forever. Is an, no, there is an episode in season three that's, uh, I think the title of it is called Nosedive. And it has a beautiful ending. It okay. really, really does. And I think uh, the reason that I like it is because I think it serves the same purpose as, you know, if you stood around, you know, and told the the oral traditions, the oral stories around the fire, or mm-hmm. you're telling them, you know, even even the parables of Jesus, uh-huh. those are, those serve as warnings they serve as morals they serve as you know guiding tales that we can that we can use to illustrate because sometimes you can't put your finger on the exact words that you need to explain to somebody but you can tell them in story and you can say see see what see what i mean and i think that you're right we are about 10 seconds away from some of this stuff happening and I'll, I'll tell you a story. I was watching it with Miles, our son. And because he he and I have a very similar taste in, in that kind of shows. But he's one of those millenniums. He's got that. Uh... He really, yeah, he really is. But we were watching one and and he was like, this is really uncomfortable. He was, phys- he was so physically uncomfortable, he had to get up off of the couch. And he was like kind of pacing in and out of the room. And, you know, we finished watching the episode and... And I said, what, you know, what was, what was going on? Why were you so uncomfortable? What made, what, what triggered that? He's like, because I am living that mom. Yeah. He's like, I am in, I, I have a choice to right now be that or not be that. And I think a lot and of people so are, I, yeah. I think exposing that this generation, this other generation, because we, our generation had the privilege of being in both worlds, analog and digital. Mm -hmm. We still very much, you know, I still write notes down in a journal. I, there's something, I still write out my grocery list. Analog stuff is important. I think so too. But, you know, our kids hardly ever write anything down. If they're going to make notes, they make it on their phone. If Mm. they're going to, you know, do any, I mean, they do all their banking. They have never even stepped inside of a banking center. They do all their banking through the ATMs. I mean, so we're, we're scarily close to some of the horrifying stories. And so it serves kind of as a cautionary tale Mm -hmm. in, in kind of an interesting way but it also serves as a beautiful reminder that no matter what technology you have and no matter how far you go down that road, that we are still humans. And ultimately, we have a choice. Mm-hmm. And every episode has that aspect in it. And every aspect of, of the humanness and relationships. And, and it's always 
the fault of technology, but it's always redeemed somehow by humanity. Um, humanity. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And I see. I mean, a, in a roundabout way. You I know. saw a really cool T-shirt. It said, "Life isn't likes." Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because because of the work that we've done with teens, we're aware of a lot of them who do so many things just to get the get somebody to hit like on their Facebook thing or their Instagram or whatever it is. And I have to say that I know that one of the ways that we promote the church and get it in front of a wider audience is we ask people to like our Facebook page and to share our posts. That's really important. But for us, and maybe this is a generational thing, for us, the like isn't the goal. The like is a means to the goal. The goal is spreading the word. The goal is getting you know getting people aware of what we're doing and so on. I think that for different generations, sometimes the goal is just the like and the dopamine hit that comes from knowing that X number of people liked your picture. I think I've talked about this before. I'm friends with a lot of people on Instagram, and I do this thing. I do this little purge once in a while when somebody posts a selfie to Instagram because the thing is, to all of my friends, no matter who you are, you're beautiful. Trust me. You don't need anybody else's validation. Go do the things that make your life a beautiful life. If you like being at the beach, take a picture of the beach. I don't need to also see your face to prove that you are there. I trust you. You know, that kind of thing. So anyway, when I see a picture of somebody, a selfie, I go and I look at their profile. And if all of their pictures are selfies or most of them are selfies, I... I stop following that person for a little while because it's like I, I just can't endorse that level of, you know, will you please validate me and tell me that I'm pretty or handsome or whatever it is. I don't like that, and I think that it's weird. And I know part of it is just that I'm not a young person, so maybe I just don't understand, but it it feels gross to me. I get that. I get that. But you really should – Try to watch an episode with me, like okay. all the way through. Me and, you, me you and really the boy should. can pace around and behind the couch. While That's fine. Show. I allow pacing. You can get up, yeah. and and I always have snacks. Yeah, well, I'll burn off the snacks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I know you're working on some new recipes for the next little bit of your show, and it's been driving me crazy because I I don't even want to talk about what you made last night because I don't want to give anything away. But holy moly, you know, a fella's trying to be on a diet around here, and it's not easy. Good stuff is coming. Good stuff is coming. So as we dig in, the inspiration for this podcast kind of came from um, commercials. We just watched the <laughs> – well, it did. We just watched the Super Bowl, and so, mm -hmm. you know, we were watching all the funny commercials, and some of them were great, and some of them were kind of not great. I and, love that and, in our house – you know, you're you're really into – Yeah, well, I'm, I'm – I, I won't say you're the, really into sports, but you're a lot more but into I am sports the sports any. person in our house. If, yeah. you, if I, I – if you want to know, you know, what's up, I'm I'm the source of the information. Yeah, I about didn't that. know who was in the Super Bowl or even what weekend it was right. until right before. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I love is in our house, even with you being a, a sportsy person, um we would we got to talk during the game and we had to be quiet during the commercials. And I oh, love the I love the inversion. <laughs> absolutely. But um it was a, it, and this wasn't a Super Bowl commercial. It was just a commercial that we have seen many, many, many times. And it's it's uh, the commercial for the sleep number bed. Mm -hmm. How you can adjust it and you can well, get the people, perfect and this and I, that. My and life was a wreck and nobody liked me and I smelled funny. I was also short until I found my sleep number. Right. And now that I've got that number dialed in, not only have I lost 20 pounds and gained seven inches in height. And many friends. But yeah, people like me mm -hmm. and I am now the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation. It's it's uh, it's a lot. The, the commercials promise an awful lot. And I think to myself, I think I even said to you, you know, uh, we don't have a super expensive mattress or anything like that. But I've never felt like, okay, I have to dial this in. Exactly. Yeah. And and I will say, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about pillows because we're talking about mattresses. Yeah, we need to be careful. How, Somebody has a really nice pillow that how I feel about her my pillow. Jealous of. And, um, you know, so I'm just saying that, you know, it has not changed my life. I'm not any taller. And uh, <laughs> but I do love my pillow. It, yeah, it, one, it's like, you know, you know the... but, but I think that you have to have that perspective about it. And I think it's also part of, you know, like I said, I've been watching a lot of episodes of Black Mirror and all of that comes around to the idea that 
superficial things, things that you buy, things that you put on, um, likes on your photos, um, pretend life that you put on social media, mm-hmm. all of that makes you who you are. And and I just I just want to shake some people sometimes and and go, nope. It's really wonderful that you have a great mattress, and it's really wonderful that you have a great pillow. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with and there's your sleep nothing number wrong with bed. That. No, if you're no, 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 Mr. Sleep yeah, Number. No, no. And in fact, you know, send me one. I'll try it out. <laughs> but, I'm okay but with that. But the point is, I think that... that but yeah. the promise of anything outside of yourself solving any of your problems is a mistake. And... There was a couple of things that happened this week, and and again, that's why I think we're surrounding the topic this time when we on this podcast. I was talking to um, someone and about their relationship and everything like that, and I said, "Well, how you know how are they doing?" Because I know that they're kind of in in the the middle of some decisions mm-hmm. and making you know choice to go one way or the other or stay the same. Sure, and. The answer came. Well, they're you know they're they're doing okay. They're they're you know they're in that in between time, and that's always uncomfortable. But you know they're 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 drinking smoothies, and they're they're you know getting their you know they're gonna start running, and they're getting their life together. And the knee jerk reaction is to go, "That's awesome, sure, that's really great. Drink your smoothies, go for a run." It's going to help you. It's going to, you know, I, I think that honoring the body temple, awesome. But you must do it. that stuff only helps if it is an outer right. manifestation of something you feel like on the inside. If you right. drink smoothies because you hate yourself. Right. You're not going to ever get where you want to go. That smoothie isn't going to isn't going to do what you think it's going to do you, and it doesn't yeah. last for very long. If you long. do crunches because every time you look in the mirror you curse your body, it's not ever going to work for you. You have to start with some sense of love. You have to start with some sense of 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 an inner conversion, connection, uh, revelation, something like that. And I think that the the thing that that cracked me up about the sleep number is once again, I'm sure the mattresses are fine. But I think it speaks to our cultural desire to put everything into terms of data. Mm-hmm. Can I quantify every single part of my life? And when you look at the average self-help book, a lot of times it's about, you know, okay, here's a nebulous concept like success, happiness, prosperity, love, whatever it is, I'm going to put it into, if you do these five things five times a day, if you buy my 10 CDs, you will then have the steps you need. Well, you know what? A lot of it's not about steps. Jenny, you and I didn't fall in love based on completion of a series of tasks on a to-do list. Didn't we though? <laughs> no, because that, I don't know what well, you have no, going that, on. that to-do list is, is still undone. In yeah. fact, <laughs> yeah, but see, that's the thing. It really is. I mean, you can, you can have the the idea of your ideal partner, how tall they're going to be, what their hair color is, what their eye color is, and you know it's, you can completely fixate on that list. It's the difference between a Rembrandt and a paint by numbers. Right. That's what it is. Technically, maybe they're even the same. Maybe the you know you got yeah, oil on a piece really of good. canvas, yeah. but it doesn't matter. One is art, one is craft. Yes. There's a difference, and I think that we all want the art, but. Getting there has to do with releasing the desire for it to be about data. It doesn't matter what kind of mattress you have. If you have a life that makes you feel like a loser or stresses you out or just that you plain old hate, you're not going to sleep at night. Well, I also think it takes away from the stuff that you do enjoy doing because you're stressing out about, you know, whether or not you did your crunches today because Mm -hmm. you hate yourself. Right. And, you know, so you're not going to enjoy the other parts of your life. I, I think it's, I think it is a, is a downward spiral for sure. And so I, I wrestle against the idea. And again, stuff isn't bad. I have plenty of stuff. Um, <laughs> my, my makeup alone would, would, you know, would show you that. But I don't wear makeup 
to be somebody else or to cover a flaw or to, to well, I, well well no, okay. no go go this is a fella okay. talking yeah but what but i mean no, is you th- don't no, wear makeup, makeup covers a lot of flaws okay but, but you're not wearing makeup to cover up an ugly person no that, i you don't start with the the foundational idea of i am no good and i've got to cover this eyesore of a face that's not where you start <laughs> This, you know what I mean? Though? I know, but that is just this eyesore of a face. <laughs> you like that? You like that? I did. But you know I what did. I mean? It's like I think that there there's this idea that if there's something that we don't like in our lives, in our culture, we can put numbers around it. We can pave it over. We can not look at it or whatever. But the thing is, if you don't fix the cause, the symptoms will crop up in other places. It's the Dutch boy and the dyke. It's it's one of those things. I think that there's a level where we have to go, I'm going to deal with how I feel about myself first. Otherwise, I will get on this endless wheel of products and processes. Right. And there's a reason why if you're really into the kind of self-help book that that promise you promises you business success in 40 days if you do these 40 things and you fill out these lists and you listen to the CD and you go to the seminar. There's a reason why every time you finish one, now you're ready for level two. And you did the four agreements. Now there's a fifth one. And there's there's that feeling of, okay, it's this is not something you can put numbers around. Agreed. I have to tell you that as I, I think of myself as an educator, I think of myself as a teacher, I'm I'm in the process of trying to break down some of these ideas into books that we can teach. You know, we're, we're going to have a membership program of classes at Water and so on. We're going to have a, a set of classes so that other people can teach the membership program and so on and so forth. And so I, I have to try and break things down so that they're teachable. But I never am going to be able to say, you know what, you can get Christian if you if you follow these four steps. Exactly. That's not how it goes. You can get more God if you maximize your aerobic potential by wearing these pants or whatever it is. Agreed. And I love that everything that you experience can come back to your spirituality and how you look at the, how you look at the world. You know, going back to the makeup thing, if, if that's something, it's something that I enjoy doing. It's something that I, you know, I feel better doing. And so I can present the real, and it sounds, it sounds counterintuitive, but so that I can feel more comfortable presenting the who who I am to the world and 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 maybe it is a little bit of a guard and maybe it is a little bit of a um you know a shield to do that but I also think that it gives me a little bit of that confidence boost to say this is this is my personality in in the colors that I wear and the clothes that I wear and you can look at me and you can get an idea of who I am. And I think that that's awesome. And when it's used that way, I think it's, I think it's great. The well, kind of house that you live in, you know, do you, do you like the Spanish style or do you like Victorian style? Do well, you, the thing is, you know, if, do you like you, high heels or do you like flats? If you I love mean, your house, if you love your house, you go ahead and you paint it from time to time. You sweep the floors, you pressure wash the outside when it needs it. You make sure that everything's working properly. If you love your house. But I honestly can tell you that I, you know, we've had plenty of parties in this house and there are some folks that really like what, what my house looks like. And I'm sure that there's some people that come in and say, I could not ever live in this, but you don't do it. But that's mostly because I'm in it. But But they know, but no, (laughs) stop. But they, but they don't, they know that this is me. You know, they don't have to live in it, but they know who I am based on it. Well, sure. But my point is, my point is that it requires, you take care. Right. You don't go, I love my house so much that I have never, ever cleaned it. Right. Well, that's no, that's not the same thing. But I just love who it is all by itself. No, take care. And in the same way, I don't think there's anything wrong with wearing makeup or dressing in a nice outfit or doing that kind of stuff because I love what's going on. I just I'm not doing it because I don't love myself. Right. There's a difference in orientation and it ends up making a difference. I just remembered a joke from um, one of the episodes of, of Black Mirror that, you know, we're talking about, you know, because I'm still stuck on, you know. It's all you. The, the face thing. But um, it, it was actually pretty funny, but very, but 
because the idea was is that they had finally been freed from this technology and mm-hmm. these two people end up in prison across from each other and they're no they no longer have access to the technology that's their punishment but what they realize is almost immediately they're free and so they start across from the jail cell from each other they start kind of insulting each other because in this world, you're not allowed to do that because every interaction is rated on a five-star thing. So it's a, you have to try to look nice right. and pleasant so, and, and step and, 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 yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. And so you have to smile the right way and you have to do whatever. But as they're, as they're, one of the things that – one of the jokes that goes across is – um, your face is so messed up. Picasso would look at you and go, I don't understand. Nice. And I thought that was just, <laughs> I thought that was really amazing. But just when you were bringing up the, the makeup joke. But anyway, I digress. But it's, but it is one of, but it is one of those where it really does go back to the idea of that freedom is, is a choice. And you get to be as free as you want, regardless of, what's on the outside and I just I love that idea have your stuff but don't let it define you well and don't buy into anything that tells you that that you're going to be better for it because the truth is that you're not there's no there's no cure for for what you're going through except the except inner, you except you except yeah, the, the inner stuff that you have to do if you are a miserable person you will be miserable in a private jet yeah it's just the case. And you know as well as I do that there are some very unhappy, wealthy people. You can be miserable in a castle. So if you if you don't like yourself, you will continue to not like yourself in a $6,000 suit. So the work to do is the work of finding something. And yes, I understand that that's not always easy. Finding something to like about yourself, finding something to appreciate about yourself can be very difficult. You might feel like there's not much, but what I want you to know is even if you can't trust yourself on that right now, there's a couple of places you can go. For one thing, you can trust God. It might sound corny, but I mean, just think about it. We don't live in a world where there's any room for accidents. And part of what that means is there's a reason for you too. Maybe your job is to try and figure out what it is. And yeah, it might be some archaeology. It might take some time. There might be some dead ends and trial and error and all that. But I think it's worth it. If that feels a little too highfalutin for you, think of it this way. I think that it is very easy to see good things in other people. And maybe we're a little bit harder on ourselves. So one of the things you can do is try and see yourself like somebody who admires you sees you. So I don't know, maybe uh, maybe mom or dad or your third grade volleyball coach or whatever was always there for you, really appreciated you and cheered you on. How would they see you now? Can you just try to pretend for a minute? Can you try to imagine? Maybe you can do something along those lines and try and grow from there. Is there something that you like doing that just makes you happy for no reason? Because remember, part of this is get away from the data. Life isn't likes. Life isn't the numbers. There is no sleep number for perfection, for happiness, for joy, for love, for art. So get away from the numbers. Maybe there's something you do that is not quantifiable, but it speaks to you. Well, remember, the name of the game is I'm trying to find where I am buried under all of my bad feelings or misconceptions or societal uh, whatevers. So take a minute. The fact that you like doing that thing in spite of the data, whether or not it pays the bills or whatever, means that there's a part of you that's trying to come out. We'll figure that out. Love it for a minute and see what happens. And all of a sudden, you will find enough to start building a little bit of momentum. You're going to sleep better at night, not when you dial in the right number, but when you're okay with being the person who's trying to sleep at night. So it's time for our Listen Up segment. Do you have a question? I do have a question. And 
by the way, the Listen Up segment is when people send us questions and we do our best to answer them. And there's all kinds of ways you can send us your questions. Some of them get texted in on Sunday mornings, as you know, as part of our Sunday service. People can send us questions during the service. Uh, sometimes they come in through our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram accounts. A lot of times we get stuff emailed in. That's that's typically the way mm-hmm. that it happens. And our email address is Jenny at waterandstonechurch.com, Dieter at waterandstonechurch.com, or info. That's the big one because we both get to see those. Info at waterandstonechurch.com. Or you can just go to waterandstonechurch.com and there's a contact page and that's a nice way to let us know. So please do send us your questions. This time around, this question comes from Ben K. Thank you very much, Ben. And the question is, I'm going to read it. I'm trying to be Christ-like, but I spend a lot of my time frustrated and annoyed by other people. Do you think that people like Jesus were disappointed by the people around them sometimes? Oh, I think that that is a really interesting question because I think my humanness, my knee-jerk reaction is <laughs> is to go, of course they were annoyed by the people around them. <laughs> uh, duh, they were humans and, you know, uh-huh. that, that is just, you know. Sure, yeah, that's okay. Just, that's just how it goes. Um, but I think that there is a... a difference between being frustrated with somebody and hoping that they come along and maybe see the light a little bit and holding them in in contempt well sure i mean i've been frustrated by our kids or by you or by myself by people that i respect by by you know whatever i've been frustrated by people but I've never, ever once looked down on you or the kids or on the, some of the teachers I've had or anything like that. Uh, you, can, you can be frustrated and still have respect. I think that um, people like Gandhi, let's say, incredibly, incredibly brilliant person. So smart about so many things. So smart about uh, how people work, for one thing. I mean, he had these big ideas about human rights and, and liberation, but but it would have been very hard to mobilize the people about a big thing that, that had no particular beginning, end, or middle even. So he started with talking about salt and the taxes on it and all of that. And the salt march happened, and all of a sudden people started to unite in and of themselves, and then he got to bigger things. He would have had to have not only been smart about spiritual things, smart about moral things, but also smart about people things. Mm -hmm. And incredibly brilliant, loving, wonderful, wise person. And yet there must have been knuckleheads around him. Oh, sure. You know, I mean, and, and obviously when I think about Jesus Christ, I think about this wonderful, brilliant, perfect manifestation. You know, but there are times when it says, and Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe that, well, he wept because he was pouting or because he didn't get his own way. He wept because he, he didn't get to play with his toys. It's not an ego thing. I think that sometimes your heart goes out to people and, and you can come from a place of going, you know, you're so much better than this. Why are you doing this to yourself and by extension to your world? Why are you doing this to me? You know, that kind of thing. I think that it's it's okay to look around and go, you know, I really wish that you were happy. I really wish that you would stop hurting yourself or doing dysfunctional things. I really wish you hadn't done X, Y, and Z because look where we are now. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. As long as it comes from a place of, I wish you hadn't have done it because I know how awesome you are, how beautiful, how powerful, what potential you have. I know how incredible you are all the time. So when you act in a way that is not uh, uh, corresponding with this incredible, divine, perfect, beautiful, awesome nature, it's frustrating to behold. I think there's something okay about that. Yeah, I think that... It, go back and examine where your frustration is coming from. Because if your frustration is coming from a place of these people just won't do what I want them to do. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, that's a that's a problem in and of itself. Sure. And, and you need to check yourself. Yeah. Um, but if it is, uh, 
if it is a genuine frustration of, wow, you're better than this. And, you know, you ask them, why did you do this? And their answer is, well, I don't know. You're allowed to be frustrated at that. You know, I I can't tell you how many times the kids would do something and I'd be like, why? Why did, why did you choose to do that? Why, what was your, what were you thinking? And they would just look at you. I was not. (laughs) With their big eyes and then just be like, well, I don't know. Yeah. And, and there's truth in that. I think sometimes people don't even know why they do some of the things that they do. Yeah, a lot of people are on autopilot for all kinds of reasons. But I think... The unexamined life, you know? There you go. I think that it's a really bad parent that goes, you did this thing that I don't like, therefore I don't like you, and also you're dumb. Well, it's not just a bad parent. It's a bad friend. It's a bad partner. This is what I'm saying. It's a bad worker. It's, you know... Well, it's like, okay. That's a stinky attitude. Jesus talked about God in terms of a loving parent. So if you know that a loving parent is one who says, look, I love you no matter what, but you know what? You really messed up here. Can you not do that anymore? Because that was not okay. If that's your idea of what a loving parent is, can't you imagine that God is even better at that than you are? I hope so. Yeah, right? So... Understanding, we're trying to contain the infinite. We're talking about God in human terms. We're trying to contain the infinite in a in a gallon jug, right? So we're going to miss some of the stuff. But just imagine, based on your idea of what a perfect parent is, how that conversation goes down. And then go, okay, this is how God loves me. I'm supposed to love other people that way too. That's the deal. This is how God loves me. I'm going to take that same level of gift and be a giver as well as a receiver of it. I'm going to love the people around me. Yeah, you're allowed to be frustrated and even annoyed. But just as you said, Jenny, where is that coming from? Make sure it's not coming from an ego place. It's okay if it's coming from a place of, you know what, I see so much good in you. And so I would say take that annoyance and that frustration, accept it, even give thanks for it. But then... Take it into positive, loving, empowering action and say, okay, you know what? You've got this awesome potential. How can I help you bring it out? And the person may or may not be receptive to that, but that's a different conversation. Start from a place of love. See with the eyes of love because I'm here to tell you that's how you are beheld by God. All right, this is the part of our show where we check it out. This is the part where we tell you all of the various things that we're doing, all of the things that are going on at Water and Stone Church. And as always, there are a million things. I want to let you know that we just plain old don't have time to talk about everything on this podcast. So I want to let you know that the best way to keep up with every little thing that we're doing is by going to the website, waterandstonechurch.com. There's an awesome calendar page that has maps and directions to all of the things that we're doing, more information than you need, um, just everything. Go to waterandstonechurch.com. But here are some of the high points of what we're up to. Some of the things that we do on a weekly basis start on Wednesday. Wednesday mornings at 7.20, we go for a sunrise walk. We get some coffee. We walk along the water. We meet at North Shore beach right where the volleyball courts are and if you're wanting to join us just go ahead and drop us a line let us know to be looking for you the park is a pretty good place and it's a pretty big place and we don't want to miss you so let us know if you're planning on coming with us and we'd love to have you anytime again that's Wednesday mornings at 7 20. The other weekly thing that we do is Sunday sunset celebrations and that happens a half an hour before the sunset we get out there a bunch of us and we have it the last two weeks because it's been really raining it was pouring the last two weeks but it's gonna be and, awesome but i've this missed weekend. it yeah. i've really missed it and it's gonna be so great we have our florida weather back it's amazing really looking forward to it again it's a half hour before sunset and right now that's that's about, I don't know, 5.45 or so. So we look forward to seeing you then. The other thing I want to let you know about is our YouTube channel. We have some great things coming out of there. 
Dieter is at the very tail end of a prayer series called The Upper Room. He has just released part six, and then next week will be part seven. But they live on the YouTube channel. Go and watch the entire series. If you want to know, if you want to know how prayer works and how to have it work in your life, how to how to just make things happen, this is the place to go. This is the place to start. Also, want to let you know that I also have a show called This Day. It's a little, it's a cooking show, but you get a little bit of recipes and some spirituality. You get to come into my kitchen and just get to know me a little bit better. I've been having such a wonderful time with it. Uh, we're, I think we're getting ready to release our 20th episode, which I'm super excited about. Come on by. But the thing is, is if you want to know when the new shows are coming and when everything is is happening, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That does us a world of good. We need as many subscribers as possible. So subscribe to our channel. Hit the notification bell. You will know exactly when things are uploaded, when things are available. You can be the first or second people to watch it. It's been a really, really good time. And we have some excellent stuff coming out of there. And now our weekly Sunday services yeah. are, are on there too. So it's, you can you can watch those well, as well. I, I love for you to come and be with us here in St. Petersburg, Florida, the finest city on the face of the earth. But sometimes it's just wonderful to be able to watch online and be there with us in that way too. Exactly. So check out the YouTube channel. There are so many amazing things. Hit the subscribe button. It really is a... a just awesome transformational thing to be a part of. It really is. Speaking about our weekly Sunday services, we have church on a weekly basis. We have for the last couple of weeks. We're in the middle of a series called Truer Than True. Mm -hmm. We are meeting at USF St. Pete Harbor Hall, and the address is 1000 3rd Street South. Come and join us at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning. That is so fantastic to say. I'm so excited. And you're right at the beginning of the series. And mm -hmm. if you've missed any of the series, you can go back on YouTube, watch it, catch up, come to a Sunday service, come yeah. for fellowship, come for community. And you know what? Even go back and listen to our podcast, a couple of episodes of why you should go to church <laughs> and then come to church. Yeah. And you know, it's certainly not a prerequisite. You don't, you're not going to, you're not going to feel lost if you just show up at church without seeing them, but you're going to want to. There's so much going on. Be with us on a Sunday morning. Absolutely. And also, oh, this is really exciting. Our beach cleanup time, it happens. We, we do service projects all the time through the church. And on February 17th from 10 to 1 o'clock, we're going to be out at St. Pete Beach, the same beach that we meet for the sunset celebration. But we're going to be meeting there to do a beach cleanup. And I can't tell you how many people are excited about it. We've even had a restaurant contact us <laughs> offering us free drinks and, <laughs> and you know, that they're waiting for our people and they're, they're super excited about it. So come and join us. If you're not sure you want to join us for a Sunday morning and you just want to get to know us and you just want to make sure that we're not crazy people, <laughs> come out and do some service. Come out and pick up some yeah, trash. We'll have gloves. We'll have bags. You know, come come meet us face to face. The service opportunities are a great way with with low. Uh, you don't have the bars low. You don't feel like oh, I don't know how to behave in church. It's weird for me. I, I got boundaries about that. Totally understand. So just come pick up some trash with us, and the rest will work itself out. Uh, be there. It's gonna change your life. Service is just so important. The last thing that I want to let you know is that the best way to stay informed with everything that we're doing is to text the word, I am ready, no spaces, I-A-M-R-E-A-D-Y, <laughs> I am ready, to 84576. And that is our messaging service. You'll get one text a week, letting you know what's coming up for the week, letting you know what you can be looking forward to, inviting you to various things. It's the easiest. It'll take you 10 seconds to do. It really, really will. So go and do that. It helps us out. Spread the word. Good you're, stuff. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss anything. So just go, just go do it. All right, Dieter, it is time to wrap it up. Said it before, and I'm going to say it again. Life isn't likes. 
there is so much more to you than what's going on outside of you. There's so much more to you than what happens online. There's so much more to you than what's happening outside. Let the outside things come and go. The, the things that you do, the things that you own, they're wonderful, but they're just out picturings, byproducts of something even more wonderful. It may not always be easy to see that wonderful part of you. I understand. But there's something there. There's a calling there, a, a, a yearning to be free, a yearning to, to live and love and be loved, a yearning to grow and to express something amazing. That desire in and of itself is a beautiful thing. Start with that if that's where you need to start. See yourself like somebody who loves you sees you. See yourself like God sees you because I want you to know that no matter what else, you are loved, you are important, and in fact, you are are required. I can't wait to see what you're going to do with the life and the power that God has given you. This podcast is recorded at Pinfeather Studios on the ever so comfortable orange couch. And the grand poobah of Pinfeather is the handsome and strong Raina Randolph. She produces these shows, does all the editing and all that kind of stuff, and she is one half of the music that you hear. The other half is the lovely and talented Miles Randolph, and for him, we are truly grateful. This podcast is solely supported by you. And you know what that means. It means three things. First of all, it means share. Everything that we do, the podcast, the blog posts, the YouTube videos, everything that we do is infinitely shareable. If you're listening to this podcast, it means it's made some kind of a difference in your life. It can make that same kind of difference for somebody else. So take a minute and post something about the show to your Facebook or your Twitter feed. Email somebody about it. Find ways to share what, you're, what we're doing. It makes a huge difference. One of the easiest things you can do to make a difference is thing number two to support the show, and that is to go wherever you're listening to this podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and so on. Go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and give us a five-star review. You can write something if you want. I'd love for you to, to, to do that, but at the end of the day, all you got to do is click that fifth star, and it sets the wheels into motion and lets iTunes and the rest of the, the powers that be know that this show is worth promoting to a larger audience. It's a huge deal. It'll take you just a moment, and it makes a big difference for us. And finally, the biggest thing you can do is show up. Come pick up some trash for, with us on the beach. Come be there for us on a Sunday morning. Man, oh man, Sunday morning is becoming a life-changing experience. Be a part of the things that we do in our online community as well as our real community. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Show up in whatever way it makes sense for you to do, because by doing that, you're going to show up in your life.